I have a very important question um, that is absolutely pertinent to this topic. Um, Max, Mm -hmm. could you tell me about what techniques you use when you are ready to throw a piece of paper into the trash? Mm, mm. Well, um, (laughs) techniques. Um, I don't know enough Olympic diving terminology to make the joke here that I want to. Oh. So let's just pretend that I did. <laughs> oh, I kill me. Um, so. <laughs> oh, Max, you slay me. <laughs> you are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled Go Back to Your Junk Office. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 37. Uh, I'm going to think I'm going to think about this. um, I'm breaking this into two contexts, work and home. Um, At work, uh, I primarily look at it and make a key decision, which is... Um, um, I look at it and and ask myself, is there any person in the universe for whom it would be bad for me or anybody else if they saw this piece of paper? Um, so like the, the broadest possible, uh, interpretation of confidentiality. Is there anyone, Mm. could there conceivably be a human being that any other human being would be worse off if they saw this? And if the answer is yes, then I put it in my to be shredded bin, which gets locked Mm -hmm. up at night in my desk and and twice a week I go to the big shredding bin and put it through a little slot and then it goes away and is destroyed. And if the answer is no, then I throw it away in my trash can, usually wad it up in a little ball because that's very satisfying. There we go. That's yeah. what I was going for. I, I Specifically, I, w- I was interested to know whether you are a crumpler. Mm-hmm. Now at home, it's a different story. Uh, hmm. At home, receipts that we don't need, I will usually crumple up because, you know, they're small. They're easy to crumple up. Very satisfying. Um... We recycle a lot. Uh, in a typical week, our, we have two like two bins we take out to the curb. Um, I don't know how your trash service is there, but we have two like you know big trash bins on wheels with with lids on hinges um, that the sure. big robot truck comes and sucks in every every Friday. Um, robot truck. And the recycling one will frequently be full, and the trash one is almost never full unless I like throw away a chair and I cut it into little pieces to throw it away in the trash can which by the way i would never do because that's against the rules um i was gonna say you crumple your paper and crush your chairs (laughs) i mean doesn't everybody um Mm. i did i did one time there was a couch that was really hard to get into our apartment in lincoln and we didn't want to keep it when we left so i i tore the the covering off of it and sawed it into pieces and threw it in the dumpster at the apartment oh my that doesn't sound satisfying though that sounds tedious and and like well um the uh fifth through the 10th hour of listening to Roderick on the line in my entire life was done during that. So it was actually quite a night. Um, okay. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. Good. You made it work. <laughs> I can actually link to the specific episodes. So indelibly burned into my mind, are they? Um, yes. Yeah. The couch episode. But at home we recycle a lot. So I tend to almost to a fault break everything down. So a lot of the paper paper that gets thrown away at home, um, advertising bills that have been paid and dealt with, um, you know, other correspondence we don't need. I will usually, um, if I'm upstairs doing it by where my little shredder at home is, I will shred them. If I am downstairs, I will tear them into pieces, like into 
halves and then quarters and then maybe smaller depending on how thick the stack is. Um, and throw away the little pieces because then more stuff will fit in. Correct. Yeah. So that's what I do. Mm. So side note, but related to organization and specifically trash organization, because apparently that's what I'm most fascinated mm-hmm. in. Um, one byproduct of the move, which I've talked about previously on the podcast, is that now when I'm confronted with any cardboard material that needs to make its way to one of those receptacles... Mm-hmm. I am practically obsessive about ripping or, or shredding or cutting them into tiny, tiny pieces <laughs> based on we had so much cardboard material. Mm-hmm. Um, for this move, we had to buy appliances, among other things. Mm. So we moving, were moving we were appliances? Left... Like hand, hand nope, trucks totally and forklifts and things? <sighs> I'm going to slap you. Now, when you visit, you're not allowed to use any of the appliances. Mm. On principle. Um, <laughs> no, but we needed more of those things. We had to borrow those mm. things. Um, but yeah, we had so much packing material um, that had to be dealt with. For a long time, it, it sat in a large pile, like a, a snow, snow drift mm-hmm. snowbank. The big piles of mm. snow that stick around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the spare room. And then finally it turned into a... a a mountain of smaller pieces of itself. Oh, there's just so much to process. So yeah, so now I, I even if it's um, a cereal box or whatever, it's a hard habit to break once you start. Oh man, it just it doesn't feel right if I mm-hmm. don't. It just well, honestly, me. there's a lot of there's a lot of mail that comes across the transom here that you know obviously they always say you know shred your credit card offers or whatever um mm-hmm. i i don't know how easy it actually is to steal somebody's identity based on like the completely worthless mailer that i get from capital one <laughs> twice a week um at this oh. point i'm actually pretty sure nobody could accomplish that with what they actually send me but you know mm-hmm. still they say that so like we always you know i always tear those up pretty good but it just like mm-hmm. you know once i kind of sort out and and you know one place i i differ from my my getting things done obsession, you know, David Allen always says the first time you touch something, figure out what it means and where it goes. Um, I sort of do a pre-sort on the mail, even when it's a fairly small stack, like bills go in one place, things that might actually mean something go somewhere else. And then like junk mail all just you know goes into a big pile. And I don't generally differentiate then with the junk mail, which pieces really need to be shredded and which pieces are like a roofing company. Um, mm. By the way, if you can steal somebody's identity via an, an advert from a roofing company, then that's really impressive. Bravo. You, <laughs> you deserve, deserve the identity. identity. You deserve that stolen credit. Um, oh my if, you can, if you can steal a roof from somebody that way, good job. Uh, but I shred it all pretty, pretty small. And, and again, by hand, if I have to, if I'm downstairs, um, cause you know, a, it's satisfying <laughs> B I want the room in mm-hmm. my recycling bin and C I'm not going to read every piece of like, I can tell as a piece of junk mail without reading it. Sorry, people who are in direct marketing. And yes, I know your industry is called direct marketing and not junk mail, but when I get your garbage, I'm not going to read it far enough to decide, you know, if it's confidential or not before I destroy it. Mm-hmm. Destroying is mm-hmm. fun. Good. Yeah. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so really, you, you don't want to talk about organizing. You want to talk about throwing stuff away. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the fun some part. people would say that's the same thing. Peter mm-hmm. Walsh has written like five mm-hmm. books about that. About throwing stuff yeah. away. Um, 
Mm-hmm. He's actually he's a good one. I'll I'll throw that out there. It's been a while since I've recommended a book at random. Um, uh, his <laughs> first book is called "It's All Too Much," um, which is oh, yeah. yeah. He he was on TV uh, at some point. I don't think I've ever seen his show or shows, um, <laughs> but he was on TV apparently. And that one's pretty good. He's written a series of other books, um, one of which is apparently a diet book <laughs> called oh. something like "Does This Clutter Make My Butt Look Fat?" What? <laughs> and he has he good has Lord. a book about sort of mental decluttering that I just just reading the jacket copy sounded like a knockoff of getting things done. And you know he's got some other stuff, but um, hmm. anyhow, I uh, but his first his first big book. I don't think it was his first book ever, but his first you know bestseller. Um, it's all too much is really good. I do recommend that. Um, it mm-hmm. does, it does, it's not about organizing though, to our point, like it is about getting rid of stuff to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that approach to organizing things though. Decluttering. Mm-hmm. Well, getting, getting rid of in general. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think, uh, the best place to put something if you can is no place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because that could go on forever, right? You can always accumulate, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about even um, recalling stuff. Oh, here I go from David Allen's Getting Things Done. Mm, never heard of it. Copyright David Go. Um, Not familiar with his work. Oh, you should look it up sometime. Quite interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, he talks a lot about how um, the clients he's worked with and his consulting practice are, are so often surprised by how much they were able to throw away. Um, mm-hmm in a process of, of just collecting all the stuff and, and at least getting it into um, a pile. So even if you aren't um, acting on any of the things that you're sorting through, you are making a decision about what it is, mm-hmm. right? Sort right. of first step. Um, and people are surprised by how much in that, even just that, that initial review and sorting, um, surprised to find out how much <laughs> of it is is unnecessary. It no longer applies to one's right. life. Well, and that's, I think, you know, it's, it's, you make that discovery in a lot of ways, but I think, I think you used the right word there when you, you said, you know, you decide what it means to you. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of the reason, and even getting away from, from, um, getting rid of stuff, you know, the, the value of, of identifying what's trash, what's expired, what's dead and gone and getting it out of here. Uh, just organizing in general, I think a lot of the reason why we end up with messy homes and messy desks and messy offices and messy heads and messy cars is so much of this stuff we won't just make a decision on. Whether that decision is like, you know, does this ultimately belong here or not? Yeah, we'll avoid that one. But we also just avoid like, you know, when am I next going to work on this project? And if I'm not deciding that, yes, it's a long way from now so I can put it away or no, it might be tomorrow so I should leave it out. As long as we don't make that decision, it's always going to stay out because tomorrow is always, you know, right there. If you haven't decided specifically, I'm not working on this for a while, it's very easy to leave everything out. And then you can't work on any of it because it's all out. Mm-hmm. It's in the way. There is no workspace yeah. if it's covered in crap. Yeah, and, and in case um, anybody I know is listening to this, um, I am talking about <laughs> me as much as anybody else. It's Oh, yeah. Possible I, I had a conversation about projects like this recently. Yeah. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> and, and I mean, a completely, in a completely supportive, like, you know, yeah, this is, you know, this is how this happens kind of way, but not, not like, you know, not condescending, not telling anybody what, what time it is mm-hmm. or anything. That's just, you know, mm-hmm. that's my observation. I do it too. Oh, I'm, yeah. For I'm me sitting, too. Sitting in an office full of junk <laughs> right now <laughs> for that very reason. 
Mm-hmm. Go back to your junk office. Um, yeah, my office at work is yeah, pristine. No, for me the too. Office, the office here is like, I know every item mm-hmm. my eyes fall upon, I know why it's still there instead of where it goes. And for almost every mm-hmm. one of them, it's like, you know, if you would have just decided you're not going to get to this anytime soon, you could have put it away six months ago. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the difference between that space and your office is you probably wouldn't be functioning the same way at work if it could be mm-hmm. this way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think like, I think I think so. Mm-hmm. Your home office is that way because you can let it mm-hmm. be. That's not necessarily the best way for it. To no, be, not even close. Yeah, I can I can think <laughs> sure. of like the top five ways for it to be, and this is not on the list. Is one of them um, like on the moon or something fun like that? Mm, no, but I was thinking about something with a black light. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um. Thanks for going with that one. That was a really ill-formed mm-hmm. joke. I had nothing for it. The moon? Katie, come on. Anyway. Yeah, no, I think that's a wonderful point, though, because that idea of deciding what stuff is, yeah, but also deciding uh, what is it right now, right? Mm. Is this an open project mm-hmm. right now? Yes. Um, and, and again, you know, like you're saying, you're we're talking about it because these are things that we've observed not necessarily silently judging mm-hmm. other people, um, but ourselves yeah. as well. Like this stuff is tough. That's one that I probably, um, when I catch myself doing that one, it's probably the most satisfying one to fix mm. being yeah. honest about what is really open right now. Right. Well, and I mean, just the other, the other thing that I think a lot of us fail to do. And it's why, I mean, I think about, um, I think about older houses of people I've known, um, and, and I, you know, even thinking about the house, and I, I don't think, I don't know that we were really doing this deliberately at any time, but it was just kind of my impression. So the house that we were in, like, when I was a really little kid in, in Louisville, Nebraska, uh, was a really old, I think, originally farmhouse that the town grew up around, but if not old enough to be, certainly. Um, and <laughs> in the basement, there was, there was kind of a little back room that was kind of like a workroom, and, you know, there were some tools and odds and ends and parts and things that Dad had in there. And then there was a room on the main floor that was um, almost sort of a closet with a window. I mean, it had its own closet inside of it, but it was a very small room that uh, eventually kind of became a kid's playroom. But I I remember being told as a very little kid, and I think I vaguely remember some of the stuff being in there that it was originally intended for, and for a while for mom, was a sewing room, um, Hmm. of all things. You know, kind of a, you know, for for the Pinterest generation, a craft room. (laughs) but uh and something you know that's something Courtney wants to create again but I think I think very often whether you've got the room for a whole room or not I think it's healthy to have a place to put stuff that is in process um Mm -hmm. you know if you don't have anywhere to put something that you're not done with you don't want to put away you're in the middle of it but you're also not going to get to it right away and by the way we need to eat so where's the dining room table Um, in that case, I think it's healthy to have somewhere to put that stuff. And that's something, you know, again, that's Courtney has identified something she needs is like, you know, we should, we should have a room or a corner of a room where this stuff can go. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so that, so that things are contained and organized. And, and again, if they're, Mm -hmm. if they're out in that room, you know, this is a David Allenism. I'll, I'll throw one back at you that I like a lot. Um, (laughs) He says there is a standard for organized. You know, if you meet this, you're 100% organized. If you don't meet it, you're 100% disorganized. And that standard is, is where things are 
matched up with what they mean to you. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you have a place that just means like this is where stuff goes when I'm working on it and I'm not done and I don't want to put it away and you put your stuff in there, you're organized. Even if you've got mm -hmm. 50 of them in there, even if nothing's put away. Yeah. On the other hand, mm -hmm. if it's on the kitchen counter and there are no there are no craft projects on the kitchen counter right now. Um, but if it's on the kitchen counter, mm -hmm. you know, that's not organized because that's not what that means. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So put another way, you're saying... Um, uh, nope, I had a better way of saying it. <laughs> I lost it. I am not helpful. Mm. Get me out of here. Um, so the, the location should reflect what it means. Mm -hmm. It should be part of the communication to yourself of what it right. means. Right, right. I mean, the location, yeah. you know, the location should say things that are in here are of this type. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and those two things should coincide. And what you, how you handle that, that's up to you. Um, if there's a certain kind of information mm -hmm. you only want to keep digitally, then you're disorganized. If you've got paper lying around with that stuff on it, um, right? It needs to be put right. In if if you know mm -hmm. if your rule is like you're only reading one book at a time, and all other books are to be on the bookshelf, you are disorganized. If there's a book anywhere else in the house aside from the one you're reading. Um, by mm -hmm. the way, I don't recommend having that kind of rule. I'm usually reading two or three things <laughs> at a time, um, which I'm not convinced is a good habit, but I am. But, learn <laughs> but if that's your rule, you know, and again, that's it's personal. That's the thing I like about that rule is it can be a hard and fast rule because it's personal. He's not saying you should have mm -hmm. a craft room. <laughs> or a one book rule. Um, I am, though. Go have a craft room. Mm -hmm. Why not? Yeah. Well, it's sort of similar to, um, we've talked previously on the show about, um, task lists and, um, their relationship to calendars as mm -hmm. well. Um, and there we were talking about the principle of, um, you know, treating those spaces, taking those spaces seriously, mm -hmm. um, in this case, sort of figurative or in some case, you know, physical pen and paper places. Um, but treating those spaces seriously, um, and I think sort of what we're getting into already is that the organization of, of any system, whether it's digital or an actual space in your home or, or the, your place of work, um, it should, like we're saying, certainly reflect what's important. Um, but if you give something a place and that location means something, um, then you've made it real. You've committed to mm -hmm. it the same way that putting something on your project or task list or your calendar makes it real and cements it for you in your, you know, collection of commitments. Sure. Um, same thing. If you have a dedicated space for something, you're communicating something to mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, you are. And I mean, there's, there are definitely, I mean, there's big ways where that's already true for everybody. Um, if you, for instance, we just talked about trash. If you have a trash can, <laughs> you know anything that who doesn't have a anything that's in there is trash or should be mm -hmm. <laughs> uh and you also know that you know within the next yeah in number of days or hours um it's going you're going to have to do something about it which is probably take it mm -hmm. to a bigger trash can uh which will then be picked up by a truck that will put it in an even bigger trash can and then take it to the ultimate trash can um aka the dump uh, but you, you know, it has, it has a specific meaning and a specific function and it tells you what to do with it. Um, you know, that's kind of mm -hmm. David Allen also talks about having an inbox, like one dedicated location, the incoming stuff 
you know, a note to yourself, mail that came in in the mailbox, a little piece of something that you need to go to the hardware store and get replaced, you know, whatever. You throw it in that box, and then when you're ready to deal with it, you deal with it all. And you know that that box means only one thing. This is stuff that I have not yet made decisions about. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's very powerful. I have a, there's a file stand on my desk, and usually it's completely empty. If anything is in it, though, I know this is something that I expect I'm either going to have to or I really, really should touch today and work on. Like I don't, I, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, if I'm not going to get to it today, I don't put any, I don't put it there because things mm-hmm. in that file stand mean I really need attention today. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. not, not like in a, you know, needy puppy kind of way. Please Max, pay <laughs> attention. Yeah. But you know, like, like you're saying, if you mm-hmm. have projects that if you have locations that mean a certain thing to a project and you match that up, that's, that's powerful. You start to create less friction to picking them up again, I think, or to putting them down. Mm-hmm. You know, if this has a home, that's yeah. the other thing is I think in addition to not making decisions, another reason that stuff gets left out, why we get disorganized, why we get messes is because things don't actually have a home yet. You know, not only do we need to decide mm-hmm. what they mean, we need to decide where they go because there isn't a place for them. Right, right. Another layer of decision making there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm liking this um, starting with the trash can because basically what we're saying is you need to be trash can sure about all your other choices. <laughs> no, that's you know. really good. That's really good. You know, because what you're talking about with the inbox, and I, you know, I've been thinking about. Um, getting things done in my own practice um, in the week since we've talked about um, task lists and all these different things. I've been sort of reinvigorated to be more thoughtful about some of this stuff. Um, and I do, I, I was just sort of describing to one of my students, I let a task almost die. Mm-hmm. I almost totally lost it. And it was something that I needed to get, uh, I needed to get information to a student um, about something they're working on. So it's, it's time sensitive Um Certainly. It got lost in this black hole of a pile I've got on my mm-hmm. desk. Um, but it's it's a space that I've let pile up and I, I don't treat it as part of my system. It's not part of my review. Um, <laughs> but it's all this type of stuff. And I mean, it's, it's one pile on an otherwise clear system of organization. Right. I know what stuff means when it's anywhere mm-hmm. else. Um, but it is, it is most certainly my black hole right now. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say too, though, I mean, it's okay to have, to have an escape valve. You know, it's okay to have somewhere that, that falls outside of the realm of, of pristine and up to date. Um, uh, again, not that, not that he's the, the guru of organizing everything forever, but I'll, I'll cite David Allen again. Um, he talks about this in Making It All Work about how, um, his garden shed does not meet the same level of, of organizing, you know, ship shapeness that he tries to maintain in his wallet and his briefcase and his desk. Um, hmm. you know, stuff gets left out, stuff gets, you know, ignored for months on end, stuff is just kind of piled in there. And every now and then it gets to a certain critical point and he'll go in and clean it up. But, you know, his, his, his attention isn't completely focused on gardening. Like that's not his whole life. It's just something fun to do or that sometimes he needs to do and, you know, mm-hmm. he has it, he has it good enough. Um, so I think it's, it's okay to pick your battles on this stuff. And the other thing I'd say too, is I think it's even okay if, um, again, back to the meaning and location thing, you know, if you have a junk drawer somewhere in your house, as long as your whole house isn't a junk drawer, as long as not every drawer is a junk drawer, if you have a junk drawer, 
which means to you, this is where I'm going to put odds and ends that I don't feel like throwing away, but I don't really know what to do mm-hmm. with or when we'll need, if ever. So they go in here. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine and that's safe and that's healthy as long as that's what it means to you and you're okay with everything in there meaning that. You know, everything in here <laughs> means like junk that might come in handy someday, but probably not and that I just, I'm not going to think about right now. Right, except the one out of 30 notes that was actually a task that was... <laughs> yes, no, yeah, in your case, you've got something real in there. And that's the problem, is you have a mismatch. Like, if right, everything else right. in that pile is not time-sensitive, doesn't really need to be done, maybe at all, you haven't really decided on, you're okay you haven't decided on, you're okay it doesn't have a home, mm-hmm. and that's the only pile like that, as long as you keep that one you really, the one that's really real... And that is time sensitive out of there, that's okay. You're you're pristine, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're clean, you've got it organized. The problem mm-hmm. is you had something in there where the meaning did not match its location. Right. And I think, yeah, even just thinking about it now, um, because I haven't been paying attention to it, I've allowed it to be um a black hole. I ooh, I don't know what else is in there. And that's sort of the um silly mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's just, you can have your black hole, just don't let your astronauts get stuck in there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Slow astronaut. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got, oh boy, yeah, I want to I wanna be clear with everybody, I rant and rave about this stuff and, and how pristine and clear my desk is at work, but I tell you, I've got messes in my life. <laughs> <sighs> And, uh, mm-hmm. and I said earlier decisions, I think decisions is a big part of it for me. I will also say right now, um, I don't think this was true when some of these messes were forming, but right now the main problem is in fact time, which is another one I think people mm-hmm. often say, um, sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not in my case right now. Time is a big one that's keeping me disorganized. Sure. Um, I think it's fair to say there are times where you wish you could be, um, there are times where your attention has to be elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So the you cannot be spending as much time on it as you would like mm-hmm. to, um, just because of, of other priorities. Yeah, you have time, but you ought to spend it on something else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's again back to back to choices and decisions and things. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a. Um, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now because I don't remember this gentleman's name. There is a professor, mm-hmm. I believe, of philosophy um, who has done some writing online about what he calls structured procrastination, which oh is um, basically where uh, you <laughs> – uh, John Perry is his name. And his idea is, uh, you know, no matter what you have to do, no matter how onerous it is or how, how – um, how difficult, challenging, unpleasant it's going to be, and no matter how important it is and how consequential it is, there is always something that is more of both of those things. Uh, So what you need to do is focus your attention on the thing you should be doing that's even worse, and then you'll be able to do this one. Um, In in essence, uh, back to David Allen, went in an interview with Merlin Mann many years ago um, about procrastination, uh, David Allen said, like, the, the prettier his house and yard look, the more you know there's some big you know, project he is procrastinating um, mm-hmm. that he really should get to. Um, so I would say, too, not only not only is time a factor, but also if you really want to get something organized, best thing to probably do would be get yourself stressed out about some other big project that you can avoid by getting more organized. 
Oh my goodness. So, so sorry, just cause the Perry sure. example is new to me. So is he saying manufacture one of those situations? Uh, you know, I'm not entirely clear on whether he thinks you should manufacture them so much as just make sure that, you know, just, just focus on the fact that there's something else you could be doing that's less onerous or less consequential at any given moment. And you'll still have plenty of good options and they'll be easier to do. Like, I don't think you have to, you know, if, you're, if your job is to submit a, a consequential journal article for, for review and possible publication, um, I don't <laughs> think he means like you should go sign a book contract um, so that you have something bigger and you'll get the journal article done. I think he means more like, um, you know, there probably is something bigger in your life than that journal article. But even if there's not, you can use that to get the other stuff done because now you can do the other stuff to avoid it. <laughs> very good okay it's kind of yes. it's so kind of tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. and i i'm never quite sure exactly how serious he is about it all but he's he's written a lot about it um it's been very popular in productivity circles for many years um hmm. i i kind of initially sort of took offense at it because i i felt like um he's he's sort of abusing the the term procrastination um I don't know. If you're making deliberate trade-offs mm. among things and you're recognizing that you're doing it, are you really procrastinating? But Well, you know, I mean, I've used it that mm-hmm. way um, because what I end up doing is procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you've got, if you've got a, big, a big hairy thing, you know, that you're stressed out about, that's a great time to clean up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Although I'll say too, I mean, sometimes that's actually been helpful to me to get moving on something, you know. Take my mind off it for a while, go get something in order. Then something's in order, so I'm in a better position to take on the next stressful thing. And suddenly I feel better about this one that I was just putting off. Mm-hmm. You know, gave, gave myself yeah, a game I could win. A... <laughs> you bet. And sort of building up your resilience or tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, um, I suppose you could compare it to um, doing some sort of warm-up before a main activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And, I mean, there's some degree of getting organized in almost anything you're procrastinating, there's probably something you could organize about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've, <laughs> I, have, I have literally, when I'm putting off a phone call, I've literally like cleaned up the desk I'll be sitting at to make the phone call, thinking to myself, this will be easier to do if I've got all this clear space and nothing in front of me except for my <laughs> notes for the call. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't be distracted. Yeah. Right? And I, I think that's true. I don't think it helps enough to be worth the 30 minutes I would take doing it. But on the other hand, though, then like back to John Perry's structured procrastination, then my desk is also clean. And I've mm-hmm. dealt with anything there that I haven't decided about yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if it if this is all another version of, oh, I'm just on a kick. Um, David Allen. Um, the idea that sometimes getting back into these systems of, of organizing your thinking or your spaces or whatever. Um, if you are in a terrible crunch or a terrible rut, um, that might be the time when you most feel like you do not have the time or attention to do Mm -hmm. these things, to get back into Mm -hmm. them. But that's probably a signal that it is the best time and you must do it right then. There is no better time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to, (laughs) <laughs> right right when you really, really, really need to clean up is probably not when you're going to feel like cleaning up. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to feel like cleaning up when there's like three things on the floor and something more onerous is waiting for you to do. Because then it's easy to clean up. <laughs> and also you don't want to do the other thing. On the other hand, if there's not <laughs> much else for you to do, 
or the important things in your life can't be done until you get rid of this hoarder-like stack of piles that are threatening <laughs> to bury you at any moment. Um, you know, <laughs> what you really do need is to clean up, but you're not going to feel like doing it because it's a big job. Mm-hmm. I love how in these examples we're, we're talking as two grown adults talking to, I'm sure, grown adults about how we avoid things and, and like our whiny, mm-hmm. even though right. in most cases, no one's doing right. these things to well, us. Well, in my, my examples, I'm also like, I'm talking to grown adults who probably have completely average and normal amounts of clutter and disorder in their life. And I'm talking as though like the normal two states are, there's like three socks on the floor and that's all that's wrong in their house or they're a hoarder. Mm-hmm. It looks like an episode on TLC mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yep, there's only two states. I mean, that's my understanding mm-hmm. of the world. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, it's yeah. yeah I, you leave those three things on the floor before you know it. You will have a six-foot-tall pile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They will multiply like little bunny mm-hmm. rabbits. It'll get out of control. Little clutter bunny rabbits. And they will rabbits. run everything. Mm-hmm. Hopping through the forest, scooping up junk mail and depositing it on your project. That was kind of got away from me. I really enjoyed it, though. <laughs> I don't care what everyone else thinks. Ah, well, at least at least I've yes. got one fan. Unfortunately, she's <laughs> on the podcast, co-host. so my download numbers are not going to improve. So you're in good company. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um. So one thing I'm thinking about, I like this. I like this thread. I'm thinking about. Um. And you might have even more background about this concept. Um. I'm thinking about the. Um, psychological phenomenon of reactance. Do you know this mm-hmm. word? Um, I just came across it in, it might've even been in, um, a book that we've mentioned before on the podcast, Sheena Iyengar's The Art of Choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a professor of psychology, um, I think at Harvard Business School. Um, Sounds right. Or no, Columbia. 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 Okay. Yep. Oh, sorry, Sheena Iyengar. I just read your whole book. Sorry, I sorry Columbia. Um, Sorry, Sheena. Um, Sorry, Columbus. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, I, um, before before you go any further on that, just want to point listeners back. We did talk about Sheena Angar's book in episode number two of this podcast. Oh, good catch. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, well, it was a while ago. <laughs> I remember that much. Um, somewhere in there, I believe she talks about this idea of reactance. Um, but... Um, I believe whoever coined it this way coined it this way in the 1950s or 60s, perhaps. Um, it's when most of the good psychology was coined. Um, yeah, so reactance is basically the resistance that one feels when you are given a restriction or a constraint or a request. Um, so basically given something that limits your freedom or your perceived choices, Um so it's any resistance to that, um, whether that's, you know, your attitude suddenly changes, you, you avoid that, that problem mm-hmm. or that threat. Um, as soon as, well, sort of the um, one sort of mental example would be if I were to say, don't think of a white elephant, um, your mind would want to populate the image of a white elephant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I, I, um, I have not done much reading on the subject recently, but I mean, it has it has implications for um, decision management because if you are, you know, I'll I'll use a contemporary political example. Um, <laughs> a lot of people who don't own any guns 
but whose values run mm-hmm. on a certain end of the spectrum are very concerned about their right to own a gun and to go out and buy a gun whenever they want when someone comes along and says, well, we should take away gun rights because it's a problem. And, mm-hmm. you know, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm not going to wade into this is not the gun control podcast. Um, but uh, it, it's a, it's an example of the fact that we chafe at limitation. Um, there's an mm-hmm. episode, I will try to find it for show notes, but I, I get bad so badly, um, go down so many rabbit holes and, and lose my way when I try to find episodes of the show that I talk about. But there was a great episode of Roderick on the line where John Roderick was talking about like hearings in Seattle about whether or not some, some farmers who own some land on one bank of a river could like cut down all the trees and, and, you know, make a housing development. And hmm. Uh, basically the the city or the county or somebody was trying to legislate that they couldn't because it was going to cause a mudslide. And all these guys that had never been approached by any developers that, you know, had never in a million years dreamed of doing this got all up in arms and came to all the, all the, you know, public hearings about it because they didn't want mm-hmm. anybody to tell them they couldn't do whatever they wanted with their land. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, and some of it might be, you know, just shrewd option management, like, Hey, you know, um, I want to make sure I've got my options open if this ever becomes a thing. But I, I think more likely, more a play is just we don't like being told, no, you can't do that thing. Suddenly the mm-hmm. thing you can't do becomes very salient. It becomes, mm-hmm. you know, a, a beacon calling out to you. Come shoot a gun, Come Max. shoot a gun at guys who own hillsides that they want to cause mudslides on so a developer can... Anyways, um, because property rights, (laughs) because property, um, (laughs) yeah, I I think though that, that it's, you know, I'm, I'm using these (laughs) very starkly political examples, but I, I think it's the same principle. And I think that's why sometimes people chafe a little bit. Maybe this is why you're bringing it up. I think sometimes people chafe a little bit at the idea of getting more organized because they think of it as rules and strictures. They're like, I don't want to have to put my stuff here because I don't want to have to do anything. I want to leave mm-hmm. this jacket where I want, wherever I want to leave it. I don't want to have a rule about where it goes because that's a rule I have to follow. Rules mm-hmm. are bad, man. Why are you mm-hmm. harshing my my vibe? Now I am picturing like smaller versions of us walking around the house, not wanting to put things away, <laughs> and not our current adult selves. <laughs> oh man! But uh, I mean, even if that's not what we're consciously thinking, right? Because again. Um, you, you know, we're, we're kind of grown up. Um, we yeah, try, yeah, I suppose. um, I mean, we are in, um, just speaking for the two of us, we are in partnerships. So we do live with other humans that we, you mm-hmm. know, may have different expectations and, and, and boundaries and ways they like to function, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, but if the, so even if we aren't explicitly yelling at ourselves in our, in our heads, like, oh, put that away. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to think about where it lives. You think about where it lives, you know, even if that's not going on. Which I hope not, because that sounds that, a little disturbed. It's, it's a little loud. Yeah, that would, that'd be rough. Um, so even if that's not the case, not thinking about these things can still cause um, distress to be a little dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, if stuff is in your way and that keeps you from working on the things you actually do want to work on because the space is, is not well functioning, if it's not um, if it's not set up for you to do what you want to do, then there is a barrier in your mm-hmm. way. Even if it's tiny, even if it's 
the trash is overflowing or um, a previous project is spread out all over or whatever. You know, anything you can do to set yourself up for success, so even especially in your your physical surroundings, like that stuff matters. Mm -hmm. Like it may be the difference between starting and never starting. Mm. Well put. I don't know. Yeah. How do you handle, um, so an idea we started with earlier, um, whether something's active and really should be left out or, or given an active mm. space, what does that sort of thing look like um, for you? Yeah. Again, I'll divide work and home because <laughs> at work, I'm really good at it. And at home, I'm because sometimes good at it. I'm two different people. There's office max and home max. Um, I, you know, and it's at home, I'm not, I'm not always terrible at it, but at home, certainly my standard is lower. I mean, at work, um, so basically for me, if it's, if it's active, I am, um, I am more careful about where I put it. And I don't know, for me, a big part of, of what is active is not where the supplies and the information involved go. It's, it's, do mm -hmm. I have a reminder somewhere that I'm going to look when I'm looking at and trying to decide what I need to do still, um, hmm. that there is still something to do with it. Uh, so like projects don't have to stay out. Um, I do have to be able to find all this stuff again, but I can put it all away. Cause the important thing is that if it's a project, it's on my project list. And, uh, I have on another list of, of specific actions, like what the next step is. Um, so as long as I've done that thinking and I've written that down, nothing really has to stay out. Um, I do occasionally have files for specific, like physical files for specific projects if there's physical documents involved, um, but I file them away when I'm not working on them. Again, unless it'll be in my file stand if it's like, okay, this one really has to happen today. You know, then I'll have right. it out at hand. Um, but even if I'm checking it on a daily basis, it'll still get filed away in between times. Uh, and same thing digitally. Like digitally, um, I will occasionally have stuff on the desktop of my computer if it's something I am still working on. Um, or working on on an ongoing basis, and it's just you know, yeah, I these four or five files I'm going to touch almost every day for the next month, so they're going to live on my desktop. But everything else I mostly mm -hmm. do just put away. You know, it's in the documents folder, <laughs> or or it's on my you know my my personal folder on the shared drive, um, in in nicely labeled little folders, little directories on the computer, um, and it stays there, you know, until until and unless it's needed. The important thing for mm -hmm. me is not not that the project is the project and that it's out. You know, that's that's the other thing that I think people do. You know, David Allen would point to in in this. Um, you know, it's not just that you haven't decided where that stuff can go. The other thing that we do is we use stuff as its own reminder. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's why people often leave projects out, and I do that at home all the time. You know, my reminder mm -hmm. that I need to deal with this thing is this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so right. it's going to stay right here. Right. And that works for some things. Yeah. Like that works for the bills. You know, the stack of the <laughs> place where I stack bills, if there's bills there, I have bills to pay. If there's not, then I don't. Um, and that's okay. Right. And like I said before, I don't actually write those down because I know where to look. And I only pay them in one mm -hmm. place. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't think that's such a good – that's not as good of a – I don't think that's as good of a way to handle something like building a doghouse. Um Again, unless you've got some kind of workroom that's just about tools and lumber and spare parts. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. otherwise, the doghouse should not be the reminder to finish the doghouse. Um, no, because then why would you have right. to build it? And I mean, you know, and where's your wife going to park in the meantime? Or your husband if you're the <laughs> wife building the doghouse. But 
Oh, very yeah, inclusive. I, Thank I, you. The, don't, I think the main reason I went to husband in that case is because I think only a husband at this point would be dumb enough to build a doghouse instead of just go buy one that's weatherproofed and well-made and not off-gassing. <laughs> and, <sighs> yeah, man. You know. That's really yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I was thinking of more so um not single tasks but but actual mm-hmm. projects. Um you know, we've we've got a, a basket on our kitchen table that's sort of an inbox for things like mm-hmm. mail or um, you know, things that come into the house that we need to make sure the other person sees, mm-hmm. that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um but also right now in there I've got um a it's basically a watch battery, a little um, I don't even know what kind of battery it is, except to call it a watch battery. It's not for mm-hmm. a watch. No, I think, I was going this, to say I think was, that's the appropriate term, though. Yeah, which is funny. Um, but it's for the bathroom scale. Yeah. But I know that that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. It's why I bought it. So it is my reminder right. to put it in the bathroom scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I hear you there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, if you had the bathroom scale in 100 pieces because you'd taken it apart to fix it, you shouldn't leave that out on the kitchen table as the reminder to fix it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I will say too, um, so one, one potential critique of, of this whole conversation is, um, that it's dumb. <laughs> that is a potential critique. I hope it's not a potential critique. <laughs> we hope it's um, not the one anybody lands on, but. <laughs> right. Lame will not listen again. Um, <laughs> no, um, would be that. So we're speaking pretty freely about what is possible with with our spaces and our our freedom in those spaces and having enough space for things. So um, certainly we're not suggesting either that you have to have the capacity to create a craft room to be an organized Mm -hmm. person and to feel like you can function. Um, There's actually... um, uh, there's a writer who is on the faculty at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln named Joy Castro, who um, she wrote a really nice, um, I forget if it was a blog post or um, a short essay for an online um, magazine, but I'll have to find it. Um, but she was basically talking about a conversation that happens in writing circles and literature circles about um, what a person's writing space, what their writing room or writing desk should, should be like and look Mm -hmm. like. And, um, one thing she brought up was that, you know, this, this idea like Virginia Woolf's a room of one's own. Um, there are a lot of people who, who don't have that reality. Mm -hmm. You know, there are are single mothers living in studio apartments who churn out wonderful literature, right. right, At their kitchen tables while they are eating dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so none of this is to say that there is an ideal um, or aspirational way to do any of this stuff. Um, hopefully something that we're suggesting is that um, making what you have work for you is going to be mm-hmm. good for you. And that's right. what we want to be supportive yeah. in. Well, and, and um, on the subject of, yeah. of like craft rooms and things, you know, as I was saying before, make sure that things are where, you know, what things that mean that should go, like make sure the the meaning of the space and the meaning of the stuff in it matches. Um, You're allowed to change Mm -hmm. the meaning of the space too. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't have to define a room as a craft room to put craft projects in there. Um, You know, work with what you have. I I absolutely would not say that, um, (laughs) you know, you don't have to have a library in order to have somewhere to put books um, Mm -hmm. because most people won't. Right. 
But you can. You know, if you've got mm-hmm. the room and you've got enough books and that's what those books mean mm-hmm. to you and that's what that room means to you. And now I'm just talking. Library. I'm not really contributing anything more. I'm just sort of repeating myself. <laughs> You're defining a library. Yeah, pretty much. Room with Biblioteca, book. as they would say in Japan. Really close. I, I really admire the effort. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut this off. A for effort. <laughs> Yay! A for effort. Mm, oh, yeah. I always get those mixed up. You have been listening to Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show, visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Thanks again for listening. when most of the good psychology was coined. <laughs> um. mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just seeing if I can find it really quickly. That's fine. Um, yeah, so basically, cut out vamping noises at 3550. Okay. <laughs> you don't like my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's lovely, but I cut them oh, out. thank you. <laughs> Already done. <laughs>